Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Thank you, everyone. Really excited to be sharing with you this morning. Um, look, I, I'll, um, I'll promise to only be an hour this morning uh, because we have got the baptism uh, happening afterwards that we're really excited about. Um, who's excited for that? Me. Yes. Um, so I'm just going to be carrying on our series uh, that Christian, our lead pastor, started for us last uh, Sunday. Uh, the series called Faith in Following. Faith in Following. You see we've got our follow card uh, up there as well. And uh, basically the, the idea of this series, as Christian kind of said, is sometimes we can find it a bit difficult to relate to these really big Bible characters. You know, you're thinking of David or... Um, Moses or Mary or Esther, all these big people, you think, wow, these like huge people and, you know, with massive faith did amazing things for God. But sometimes maybe it's a little bit easier to relate to some of the the smaller characters, some of the people who are a little bit more in the background. So this series is kind of uh, dedicated uh, to that. And we're bringing together our word for the year, which is follow um, and coupling it with our previous series uh, on faith. Just bringing the two things together, you know, making it practical on how we can live a life of faith in our following with Jesus. So um, Christian spoke last week about Barnabas, and this week we're going to be looking at a character called Apelles. Apelles. Now, for those of you who think, who's that? I thought the same thing before, I, before this message, to be honest. There's a half a verse about him in the Bible, which is... It's uh, incredible, you know, uh, our lead pastor gets Barnabas to speak about last week and I get a Pelly's. But no, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. We're gonna, so the, the verse is found in uh, Romans chapter 16, verse 10. Uh, but just before we, we get into that, just a little bit of context. So this is one of Paul's letters uh, written to the, the church in Rome and uh, what was often the kind of the... Uh, what would happen with these letters is that they were written for the purpose of reading out to the church. So it'd be at the front and someone would read the, uh, the letter out. And uh, when we come to the end of the letter, uh, Paul does like loads of shout outs. Now, it's actually a church that he's not been to before. So I think he's trying to kind of say hello to a few people that he did know. So he's doing these shout outs to all these different people, like shout out to the, you know, hello to that person, you know, sending all these kind of great messages. And if we relate it today, it's almost like if you think of a really, really big, I don't know, like Christian celebrity or church pastor, maybe of a, a really big church in America, it would be like them sending a letter to us. And, you know, giving you a, a shout out, you know, me reading it out and they're mentioning you in, in this letter. So it's quite significant, actually, that what the mentions that Paul makes. He's, he's picking people out um, and it's really, really significant. So they're just going to uh, come up on the screen. I've just picked out a few translations just to give us a bit of an idea of what it's saying in this verse. So it says uh, in the NIV, uh, greet Apelles whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. In the NLT, greet Apelles, uh, a good man whom Christ approves. In the New English translation, greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. My translation would be, shout out to Apelles, you're the man. <laughs> um, obviously, that's not on the screen because it's not a real translation. Um, but 
when we're looking at this, look, you know, when you go back to the, not to bore you too much, but when you go back to the original language, the, um, the, the meaning of the word approved, it, it, it kind of means approved by testing. It means uh, genuine. I think there's a slide with it on. And approved after examination or trial. Now, I was trying to think of a, a modern day equivalent, like to something that we could relate to. And uh, have we got anyone here who uses Twitter or Instagram? Yeah. I'm sure there's more than that. But yeah, a few people are like, using it. And uh, I, I don't personally use uh, Twitter, but I know there's the, uh, the blue tick. You know, you have on profiles. And I think there's been a bit of commotion about that, about having to pay for it and stuff like that. But the, traditionally, you know, the idea is, is that if you have a, a blue tick on your profile, then you're genuine. You know, you've, uh, uh, you've got um, some authenticity as to who you are. You know, you're, you're backed up as a real profile. Um, and, you know, if, every, if we think about, um, you know, who can remember that day when you took your driving test, you know, and you went there and... Uh, I, I really enjoyed taking my tri- driving test so much that I took it three times. Um, uh, but if you think about it, that fateful day when you, you do your driving test and at the end of it, if you pass, you get a license and you think, yes, you know, and you're free. And, you know, you've got that stamp of approval that you can drive on the road. So it's almost similar in the same way that actually uh, Apelles, who is someone who's got a stamp of approval because he went through a test and he passed the test. You know, so much so that it says that Christ approves him, that Jesus approved his test, that he went through a test, and then Jesus is saying, Apelles, you did such a great job. You are approved. Now, you might be saying, you know, coming to this morning, you might be saying, well, you know, what type of test? What, what did Apelles do? What, what happened to him? And obviously, it's, it's difficult for us to know with just a, a small mention, but if we speculate, we can think that maybe it was to do with persecution. One of the, the most common things uh, about Christians at that time was uh, they were under heavy prosecution. You know, if we make our, our mind wonder, maybe Apelles had a, a moment where he uh, had a chance to denounce Jesus. Maybe his life was in, in threat. Maybe he was under severe persecution. That might have been the test that he had gone through. And it's true, we faced, we faced tests in our everyday life. You know, and sometimes people think when we come to being a Christian that these difficulties disappear, but it's, it's not true. You know, we can all go through difficult circumstances and our commitment can God, to God can be challenged in those moments. You know, maybe you've experienced a, a test in time when you've, lost your job, maybe you've lost a loved one, maybe you've had financial difficulty, maybe you've struggled with your mental health, maybe you've just had a a really difficult time when you just feel like everything's going wrong. You see, the thing is, it's easy to follow Jesus when we're at church on a Sunday, but it's a lot more difficult when someone is shouting at your face at work. It's easy to follow Jesus when you're in your small group, but it's different when you suddenly receive some bad news that really rocks you to the core. You see, it's difficult to comprehend these things. And whilst God may not necessarily create the storm, I do truly believe that he will use it to teach us something. 
And you know it's in the storm that we really found, find out where our heart is and it's where our allegiance is tested and it's in those moments that we can learn the most. So I've just got a few principles I want to share with you, a few things that I believe will help all of us uh, to pass the test. Is that okay? Uh, So number one, have the right confession. Have the right confession. Now when I'm saying this, I'm not saying that uh, we need to, you know, throw away all our emotions and bad feelings and suppress everything. But what I am saying is that God does want us to come with him in honesty, and I'll talk a a bit more about that later, but um, even in all of that, in all the emotion and everything, I do believe there are some good things that we need to remind ourselves of. And there's just two confessions that I want to mention to you this morning. So the the first confession uh, that I think is helpful for us, the confession that God will use this for good and will teach us something. Romans 8 verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. It's that true belief that no matter what's happening in your life, that God will use it to bring uh, bring about good. I truly believe this, that even in the most difficult of circumstances in our life, that God wants to show you something and God wants to teach you something. James chapter 1 verses 2 to 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, I, I don't know what you think about when, if you just keep that verse on, I don't know what you think about when you read that verse, but when I was reading that, I was thinking, James, what are you talking about? Yeah. Pure joy? Count it as pure joy when you're going through, through suffering? Like, when you're going through those difficult times, you could read this and think, James, what, like, like, what have you been smoking? Like, what, are you being a bit crazy here? Like, yeah. you know, why would we imagine that? But... Actually, if we zoom out from that, we can, um, for any of us who, who know, who have gone through testing times, it is so true that, that, that so much more comes out of you. Yeah. That testing produces perseverance. Yeah. Yeah. And perseverance uh, brings us to maturity. Yeah. And there have definitely been times in my life that I look back on and you know, I, I can say that God has really taught me something. You know, whether it's just an added humility or an added reliance to rely on God uh, in those difficult times. So that's the first confession. Second confession, God still loves me. God still loves me. Amen. You know, in, in bad things, sometimes we can think that God's brought it on because of, you know, we've done something wrong or a punishment. And I think we you know, make this link that, you know, um, if we do something wrong, then God's going to do something bad to us, which is completely untrue. Because, you know, when we think about our love, you know, in our everyday lives, it's conditional, isn't it? You know, if someone does something bad to you, it's likely or it's possible that you, you might stop loving them. But it, God's love is unconditional. It doesn't matter what we do, where we go, what we've done in life. But God still loves us 
intensely and so powerfully. And, you know, whilst God does love us and is, in, in, you know, incredibly passionate about us, the unfortunate thing is that we live in a world that is broken. And unfortunately, not every person is, is the same. And we live in a broken world where bad things happen to good people. There are so many verses we could look at to speak about, about God's love, but this is one of my favorite ones. Romans 8, verses 37 to 39. Knowing all these things... We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen? Amen? Who's glad this morning that we have a loving God and a loving Father? Who will never stop loving us no matter where we go and what we do. So secondly, have the right people. Have the right people. Proverbs 12 verse 15 says, The, ways, uh, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. You know, I think especially in those difficult times, it can be so easy to think that we know the best that we know what the right thing is for us. Um, I don't know about you, but I know in my own life that I can be very easy to think that I I know the right response. And you know what's uh, so important is having those people around you can keep you centered. And what I find so strange is, I think for many of us, many people in our world today, that the first response is to confine in, in social media is to run to post about it on Facebook or put about something in your story on Instagram. And, you know, that is not the, the best place to run. You know, we have um, a great, uh, a, a brilliant community here in this church. I want to encourage you, like, we are built for human connection. Whilst there are advantages to social media, social media is not best for, for those moments. Um, I just want to encourage you, you know, when we get into those moments, let's find good people around us that we can confide in, that we can journey with, that we can speak to, uh, that we can share our heart and our lives with. And look, and sometimes we think that this will fall on our lap, that this will come out of nowhere, but I encourage you to actively seek out those people, pray for them if you don't have them in your lives and Maybe a question for us to consider is, you know, in in your last storm, who did you reach out? Did you have someone you could reach out to? Was there someone in your life that you could share with, that you could speak with? And maybe we need to create some better relationships in our lives if, if that wasn't the case. Number three, have the right response. Have the right response. And I love the song that we sang this morning, Run to the Father. I think um, in difficult times, there are two decisions you can make as a Christian. You can either run to God or you can run from God. Uh, Like I said earlier, God is not expecting you to run to him with a brave face, to put on fake emotions, to to lie and say that everything is rosy 100% of the time. But he wants you to run into his arms with all your pain, with all your hurt, 
to bring everything to him, knowing that he is a loving father who will take everything in his stride. And you know, uh, has anyone, you know, here read the Psalms and you'll know in that book that David, who's written most of them, will, you know, comes to God in such emotion, you know, even says things that you think, wow, that's, that's, that's bold, that's, that's strange, you know, saying things like, God, I feel like you, you, you're not present in this time, or God, I feel so downcast, or I feel like this, I feel like that. He comes to God with such honesty, and often finishes it with a great declaration of giving praise and honour to God. And I think it should be the same uh, in our lives as well. Psalm 55 verse 22 it says, Throw your burden upon the Lord. And he will sustain you. He will never allow the godly to be shaken. Uh, another version says, um, cast your, your, your cares onto God. for he, uh, he cares for you. You know, he wants you to, to throw your burdens, your cares upon him. You know, in uh, um, uh, Jesus' words, you know, he says, those who are heavy and burdened, um, come to me and I will give you rest. The best thing you can do in those difficult times, run to Jesus. Run to God, the Father who loves you and wants to journey through you, with you in those times. And look, you've got to find those things that help, help for you. Like I find worship music is one of the best things for me. Finding like specific, there might be like specific songs that really speak to your situation. Look, get into your Bible the, the best way that God will speak to you is through uh, uh, the Bible and get into prayer. Get time where you're alone with God and he will sustain you yeah. and speak to you. And, you know, lastly, on, on this point, I would say that the, one of the best things you can do is, is get to church as well. Yeah. And look, I know while there are certain situations where it's good to have a little bit of a, a breakaway, most of the time, the best thing you can do is come to church. And you know, some of the things that I, I find strange for like when people go through every like small difficulty, sometimes the first thing that can leave their lives is, is going to church. But actually I found in my personal life that whilst being at home and developing that relationship with God is so, so important, there is an added power and influence that happens when you come together. You know, we feel, I even felt this morning in worship that God speaks to me, that God ministers to me like in a powerful way that you don't get when you're at home. And look, we, if one of the things that we learned, you know, over COVID is, is that truth. You know, there were, um, I don't know, you know, for those of you who came to the services, you will know that, you know, uh, you know, I was leading worship through those times and it was socially distanced and people couldn't sing and in the natural, it was not. Really, for being honest, not a, that an attractive a proposition, because people were you couldn't speak to people. But I personally, I was so impacted by God in those times. I think it talks to how God will minister to us in these times together in our church services. And fourthly, have the right heart. Have the right heart. Proverbs 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Uh, I really believe, and I've seen it in many cases with friends and other people, that bitterness can 
often lead to unbelief. There are many people that I know in my life, um, people even in my class at Bible college who are not Christians anymore, sadly, because they've gone through difficult situations and circumstances, circumstances and they've allowed bitterness to come into their heart and lead them away from God. Can we keep our spirit sweet? Can we keep our level-headedness? You know, the easiest way to do this that I would say, personally, my own life is surrender. Surrender to God. You know, I, um, I'm the sort of person who has a lot of questions anyway. I like to ask questions, which I know to other people can be a little bit annoying sometimes. Um, but it's true that we can have so many questions to God, isn't it? We can ask questions of, why is this happening? God, why have you allowed this to happen? Why has this person done that? Why has this situation happened to me? And the truth is, is that we're not going to have the answer to every question. But ultimately, what God wants us is to surrender our heart to him and to give everything over to him and put our full trust in him, knowing that he is in control. And whilst we might not understand everything, God is there for us and we can put our full trust in him. So those the four points this morning. Uh, have the right confession, the right people, the right response and the right heart. I really believe these are things that can help us in times of testing, in trouble. And, you know, um, me and Joanna, we have a, a little boy named uh, Micah. Uh, whom we love and is uh, 10 months uh, today. And uh, What many of you won't know is that actually uh, before Micah in that really fateful year 2020, we always, uh, we all remember that um, Joanna actually uh, got pregnant and uh, we lost uh, a baby, uh, which was a really difficult time for us. And if I'm being honest, in that moment, we could have done the exact opposite. We could have walked away from God, could have stayed isolated from other people. We could have decided to have the wrong confessions about our lives. But actually, I can say with true honesty that these principles really, really helped us. We committed to having a good confession that God will bring something good out of it and teach us something new, which he did. And we we can't constantly confess that God still loved us. We got people around us who we could confide in and journey with. We endeavoured to run to God and not from God. We showered ourselves with worship music. We held on to God's promises. And actually, um, in that time, Joanna got a, a psalm from God, which was a promise for us, which actually gave us the name before he came for Micah, uh, which, um, which means... Um, I've just forgotten it, <laughs> um, which means who is like our God, um, which we, we, uh, we wanted because it was such a great confession for us and for him. And in that moment, we aim to stay fully surrendered to God with an open heart and a sweet spirit. And you know, it wasn't always easy. And look, I know many of you have been through really similar tests or more difficult things, a lot more difficult things. But what I want to say to us in, in these moments is, can we be dedicated as a people together 
to passing the test? Can we be dedicated to giving ourselves to God that when difficult times come that we stay committed to God? Not just in the good times but in the bad times too. That we run to him, that we have good confessions and that we give our whole hearts and lives to God. Can we do that? Yeah? There are just two Bible verses that I want to finish on. Uh, Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 2. Um, If Jordan, if you could come up, that'd be great. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the best thing we could do. And the last verse, just want to share, James Chapter 1, verse 12, if we can be committed to standing the test and following Jesus, this is what will come. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised for those who love him. Amen? Amen. Who wants to get that crown of life after that test? You know, tests are going to come our way, but let's be people who are like Apelles, someone who's approved by Christ because we have stood the test, we have passed. Let's have the right confession, the right people, the right response, and the right heart. Amen. Come on, let's, let's pray together.